Well, in this episode of the Retirement Pathfinder, we are heading into the mailbag. We're going to answer your questions today. Some things like maxing out your 401k, how to deal with rental properties when you pass away, and much, much more. We also have a farm update coming from Phil as well. So stay tuned. In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, glad to have you on the Retirement Pathfinder today. Ben George with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky at Pathfinder Wealth Management. we got a good show for you. But first, Phil, I, I teased it. we got to get a farm update. It's been a little while, and the weather's turning cool, so it's got to be some good news on the horizon, right? Well, you know, it's, it is it is that time of the year to talk about deer season, deer hunting season. You know, deer camp is, is in full swing right now, and... Uh, I've been up in the tree stand here, and, and quite frankly, everything I've seen has been uh, either does and they, uh, or they've been bucks that have been a, quite a distance away. Uh, you don't want to try to to shoot a, a deer, you know, if they're outside of <laughs> bow range. And so, uh, got a got a picture, a call, uh, you know, basically from a neighbor of mine who sent me a, a photograph of a big, big buck. I mean, this was a nice deer, about an eight point buck. that he shot that uh, he said came across my property line from my property right behind my deer stand. Now, I don't know if I was sitting in the deer stand at that time or not, but anyhow, it was my deer that he shot. And, uh, you know, this has happened more than once, Barb. So, uh, you know, I'm like pretty you discouraged. Can't win, I know. You know, I don't know if I need to really tag these deer before they go to my neighbor's property or not. But anyhow, we're hoping that uh, with gun season coming up, we can uh, probably reach out there a little farther to some of these hard to get deer. But it looks like it's going to be a pretty good season. So that's kind of the update on what's going on on the farm in terms of deer hunting. Well, things are going to break your way here eventually, Phil. There's no question. We keep, yeah, we, we, keep, so. we keep telling them that, Ben. It's only a matter of time, but it keeps them going out, right? Keeps them trying and, 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 and trying to land that big one, but it'll, it'll happen. I know it will. And when it does, we're going to all celebrate with you. So you betcha. We, we're excited for Very that. Very good. All right. Well, let's turn to the mailbag today and answer some questions. We appreciate everyone who reaches out to us, who listens to the podcast, not only to send in questions, but anytime you follow up with Barbara and Phil, uh, we greatly appreciate that. So spread the word. If you know someone that is looking to learn more about financial planning, we'd appreciate your support. All right, let's jump in and start off with a question from Chris. He says, I max out my 401k every year, and I'm told that I make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA, but I still want to save more for retirement than just the 401k contribution. So where am I supposed to put that money now? Well, uh, Chris, that's a very good question and a couple considerations. The good news is even if you make too much money, you can do something called a backdoor Roth, which in 2023, that is, you know, that, that is still available to you. And so you still have the maximum contributions of either 6,500 or 7,500 if you're 50 or older, and income is not a consideration for a backdoor Roth. So you contribute the max, for example, let's say it's 7,500 this year to a tr traditional IRA, and you wait to receive a statement that that money has all been credited to the traditional IRA, and then you convert that 7,500 by the end of the year to a Roth IRA. It has to be by the end of the calendar year. So just kind of a logistics overview, if you will, the deductibility of a traditional IRA is determined at tax time. It's not at contribution time. So on your tax return, you did not contribute to a tax deductible IRA. 
you did do a Roth conversion as a way that you would answer that. So that's 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 uh, spelled out in a form called Form 8606. But talk to a retirement specialist before doing this. But this is a consideration for you because there are no income limits for backdoor Roths. And also, Chris, if you've if uh, you've maxed out all of your contributions to both your 401k and a, a Roth IRA conversion through the backdoor Roth, you can contribute any amount of money to an investment account after tax, be it. Uh, in either an individual account or an individual or a joint investment account. And that account is taxed at a capital gains rate. So beyond your deposits in that account, there's a couple of things that you could do. Well, one of the other questions I would have for Chris is uh, with regard to his 401k account that he's contributing to, is he contributing to a Roth 401k? Yeah, that's a good question too. Yeah, Assuming because a lot of people, yeah. right, a lot of people are not aware of the fact that their employer may be able to offer them a Roth 401k course, you're funding it with after-tax dollars, but quite frankly, uh, once those taxes have been paid, that money's going to accumulate in that Roth 401k tax-free. You bet. Tax-free is always better. Love tax-free, no doubt about it. Chris, great question though. I know other people in your situation, so good to kind of touch on that a little bit. Hey there, just a quick break from the podcast for a moment to tell you how Barb and Phil are assisting clients every day in the office with some effective tax savings opportunities under the latest Secure Act 2.0 legislation. If you want to find out how much you could save, give them a call and schedule a free 15-minute initial consultation. Call 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com. That's pathfinderchat.com and schedule your visit with just a few clicks. We'll also put the contact info in this episode's show notes. Now, back to the show. All right, Tony is next. Since I want to leave money to both of my sons when I die, and I have two rental properties that I want them to split evenly, do I need a will, a trust, or both? Uh, well, Tony, in Illinois, real estate such as your two rental units could be transferred to your heirs by way of a, what they call a TOD instrument. Uh, that stands for transfer on death. So theoretically, the real estate can avoid probate and uh, be transferred to your sons in equal shares as tenants in common with no rights of survivorship through a TOD. Well, what this means is that if one of them passes away, his portion goes to his estate rather than to the brother. So the question is, you know, would you desire to for your real estate to go to your son or to your daughter-in-law? That's kind of the question here, because it's not going to go to your son automatically if you use a TOD. Would you want your deceased son's spouse, spouse to now be uh, owner of the property and in business with your surviving son? And that mm -hmm. might not, not be a very good arrangement either. So uh, you could avoid the probate question with a deed set up as a TOD. And a lot of people do it that way, Barb. You know, we've seen a lot of TOD accounts that way. But you may be creating some other issues for your heirs down the road after you're gone. So for this reason mm -hmm. and some other reasons as well, we would recommend a revocable living trust to hold the property uh, during your lifetime. You know, if done properly, it could uh, avoid probate. But the more important reason is maintaining control of the property within the family, within the family. In this regard, the boys can decide what they want to do with the rental units, whether sell them to each other or somebody outside. But in the event of one of their deaths, they can protect their interest by keeping the control within the family. I, I always tell my clients, you know, consider a revocable living trust is the best and most ideal family control device. So 
you also need a special will that supports the living trust. There was a question whether whether you need a will. Well, you do need a will to back up that trust. It's called a pour-over will, and it does back up the trust in case something's left, left out. So if you'd like to understand the basics of estate planning using a trust, give our office a call at 815-399-9806 or set up a 15-minute complimentary phone consultation through pathfinderchat.com. Yeah, we've definitely had uh, worked with attorneys throughout the years that have set yep. up many trusts for our clients and um, definitely the way to go. You control everything while you're alive, but you control your estate after death as well. Yeah, something to be thinking through. And, and again, if you want to sit down and go through your options, go to pathfinderchat.com, pick up a pick a time to, to meet with Barbara and Phil. But yeah, that's a, a, a difficult situation. You want to get it right. So uh, Tony, appreciate you reaching out. How about David's question here? I'm just turned 72. I'm about to retire. I recently took a look at how much I'll have to start withdrawing from my IRAs and 401k because I'm old and they're forcing me to make withdrawals. Uh, between my social security and the money they're forcing me to take out, I'll have a higher income in retirement than I have right now while I'm working. Can they really make me withdraw that much? Yeah, that's funny. We were just talking about this on a recent podcast. Um, these are good questions, David, regarding required minimum distributions. As of this year, 2023, the Secure 2.0 Act has you beginning required minimum distributions at age 73, not 72. Uh, sometimes people think they'll be in a lower tax bracket at retirement, and some are, but some are not, as in your case. For those listeners that are in a lower tax bracket, keep in mind Congress can change tax laws at any time, and surely they will when the Tax Cuts and Job Act expires in 2025. So when you first begin your required distributions, the amount that you're required to withdraw is about 3.4% of your tax-deferred accounts. And when you reach mid to late 80s, you'll be required to withdraw upwards of 7 to 8, 9% that continues to increase because your life expectancy is decreasing. So you also may consider combining your 401k and your IRAs into one account. Uh, 401ks are a different animal and you're required to take your required minimum distributions from that 401k account. You can't combine required distributions like you can with IRAs. Consolidating is usually a good idea. That's what most people do at this point in time in their in their uh, life mm -hmm. uh, at retirement. So, David, keep in mind that although you're required to withdraw from your retirement accounts, you can pay the taxes at withdrawal and reinvest those dollars just to keep that money within your estate. The good news is it sounds like you planned well from a savings perspective for your retirement, considering that 40% of Americans are relying on Social Security alone. Uh, and one more important point I wanted to mention to you is if you're charitably inclined, uh, don't miss out on qualified charitable donations that are available at 70 and a half. Uh, that income that goes to, that comes from your uh, required minimum distribution that goes directly to the charity uh, does not count towards your income that is removed. Those are qualified charitable donations. Yeah, I have to take exception with David here. You know, when he says that uh, he's an old guy, David, don't you know that 72 is the new 42? <laughs> 42. <laughs> well, yeah, what's he thinking? Yeah, I know. I mean, you need to be down at the gym working out, pumping iron, getting out on the track a little bit. But uh, anyhow, um, here, here's the other point I wanted to make, too. You know, even if you are taking money out of a uh, an IRA or 401k based on your RMD, um, you can still contribute to a Roth or you can still do a Roth conversion. Let me put it this way. It has to be above your RMD. You cannot yep. take a Roth. You cannot take an RMD out of your, um, out of your IRA and convert it to a Roth, but you can for the amount above the RMD. So that's another point to consider. Sure. 72 is the new 42. I like that. We'll, yeah. we'll make that yeah. the new slogan for the show. 
I used to say 52, but now, uh, now 42. Now you feel I, even younger, don't you? Well, my, my, uh, biometric, uh, scale says I'm, my, my age is actually 41. Oh, which is, that's why I say, yeah, you know, even there though I'm you 71, go. so. <laughs> Health is the most important thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you have a written retirement plan? If not, you're not alone. Many people put off planning for their future, thinking they have plenty of time. But the truth is, time flies, and it's never too early to start planning for your retirement. Pathfinder Wealth Management can help. Their team of experts, including Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, who you hear on the show, can guide you through the planning process and save you valuable time. And with their commitment to education, you'll learn how to set yourself up for success. Book a 15-minute chat with them today by visiting pathfinderchat.com. Don't procrastinate any longer. Your retirement is too important to leave to chance. Visit pathfinderchat.com or check the link in the description of today's show. All right, uh, let's go with a question from Jake here to close things out. He says, my company makes contributions to my 401k, but they'll only do it in the form of company stock. I don't want to have too much company stock, so I've just been selling it immediately and then investing in something else. Is there any reason I shouldn't be doing this? All right, Jake. So I would ask Jake, what is the first rule of investing? And we would all say diversify, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just diversify, putting your all, all your eggs in 20 different technology companies, right? That's not diversification, but 20 different unique, unique groups called asset classes. Uh, some examples of asset classes uh, would be large companies, small companies, growth companies, value companies, international large and small and so forth and so on. You want to invest in bonds as well, intermediate term bonds, plus cash. But he's asking about company stock here. However, there is a unique strategy when holding company stock in a 401k plan that can make sense. And we've used this uh, strategy uh, several times. It is known as Net Unrealized Depreciation, or NUA. When an NUA strategy is used, it substantially reduces the tax impact when you redeem the shares later on. In effect, it changes the taxable gain on the stock from ordinary tax to capital gains tax. There is an advantage there. It's a huge advantage. It's a sizable reduction in the tax. So here's how it works. Let's say that Jerry has been with the, a company and had a long and successful career with, with this company. His 401k plan is worth $2 million. Now, this actually represents uh, somebody that we know, and we're using we're changing the name here to protect them, of course, but this is the uh, same thing that happened to one of our clients. So there's $2 million in this 401k plan. Of that amount, the company gave him $50,000 worth of stock way back when, $50,000 worth of stock. That stock is now worth $1.5 million. <laughs> wow, nice Sweet increase, game. right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So of the $2 million that Jerry has, uh, $50,000, or excuse me, $500,000 is uh, in the, the tax uh, pre-tax money, <clears throat> excuse me, in the 401k in the form of mutual funds. And the other $1.5 million is in company stock. So $50,000 of the original contribution to the stock is called the cost basis. Cost basis. In other words, what did it cost to buy that stock it was $50,000 originally. So Jerry now retires and he decides he wants to exercise an NUA plan. So he must do that within a one-year period of time. So the first thing he does is he rolls over that $500,000 that is in the 401k plan in the mutual funds into an IRA rollover account. That leaves the $1.5 million in the company stock. He then transfers 
that company's stock to a non-IRA investment account. Now, of course, he's going to have to pay tax on the $50,000 that the company contributed to his stock. That's what he has to do. He has to pay tax on that. But the rest of the money stays tax deferred. Now, the tax on the 50000 if he's in a 24% tax bracket, 12000 bucks. But the other uh, stock value, which is you know the amount above that $50,000, a huge amount of money in that stock, if that gain does not have to be taxed until he actually takes and sells those shares off. There's no time requirement. There's no RMD. And guess what? At that time, when he decides to cash in some of his stock, he will pay zero taxes, or if he's in the capital gains category, 15% or at the most 20%. He has no RMD requirement on the stock, has no minimum time. He's got to get rid of it. That savings amount, Ben, that will amount to thousands and thousands of savings in tax dollars. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. really a sweet deal, too, for him, because I think you can have up to, if you consider the standard deduction, let's just say for a married filing joint mm-hmm. couple, can have $120,000 of capital gains and not pay any taxes so he can actually he's he's probably doing this actually accessing most of his retirement income from that stock account oh yes and not paying any taxes <clears throat> it's over a hundred thousand dollars because you know the there is uh, zero tax on capital gain assets up to eighty thousand dollars depending on what your other assets are mm-hmm. and Plus you add to it deduction. your standard deductions yep. yes it is a tremendous amount of tax savings so those of you that hold company stock don't just arbitrarily sell it when you decide that you want to go ahead and retire and move that money into an IRA account, consider the tax savings through an NUA. Yeah, you bet. Well, great question from you, Jake, and everyone that sent them in today. We always appreciate hearing from you. And if you have questions for Barbara and Phil, you can always ask them directly by going to pathfinderchat.com and scheduling a meeting, talk about anything we discussed today here on the podcast or any other financial planning needs you might have. If you have your own scenario you want to work through specifically, it's always best to sit down with a retirement income planning specialist like Barbara and Phil to actually get into your situation so they can learn all the details and help you figure out the best plan for you and your family. All right, Barbara and Phil, we'll close it out on that note. Uh, Again, thank you for the farm update and your answers to all these questions today and look forward to doing it again soon. Yep. See you soon. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.